people are in need. The U.S. has struggled with inflation, impacting companies big and small, and now this has begun to affect charities. Charitable giving declining in 2022 compared to 2021 for only the fourth time in 40 years. Giving USA has released their report on philanthropy in 2022, which keeps track of charitable donations for individuals, companies, and charitable foundations. In 2021, charitable giving reached an all-time high of $516 billion, which is notable given that this came in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. But in 2022, giving declined 3.4% to $499 billion. Experts say this is a combination of the effects of inflation and stock market crashes. It's still a lot of money, but with rising costs due to inflation, charities are having to do more with less. As Christians, we are called to give, but we don't do so to clear a guilty conscience or just out of a sense of duty. We give as a response of thanksgiving to our Father, who has given us every good and perfect gift. Welcome to Haven Today here on Thursday. I'm Charles Morris sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we continue in a series called Is Jesus Still for Today? Over the past few days, we've been considering that question. Is Jesus still for today? As we experience Western culture secularizing at a rapid rate, and the world makes progress in many fields such as education, science, and the like, many individuals are tempted to say no. Jesus was useful for a time before the modern age, but he's useful no more. Well, I think there's a verse that dispels that thought, which we'll consider in a few moments, as preached by the 19th century Scottish pastor Robert Murray McShane. The title of his sermon was Christ Became Poor for Sinners. This message was reflecting on the Apostle Paul's words from 2 Corinthians 8-9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Stay with me. We're going to see how this verse answers our question this week. Is Jesus still for today? And just before we go to God's word, we're going to hear a testimony of an Amish man who came to know Jesus. I did pray the prayer when I was maybe 12, asking God to save me. I wasn't sure, did he save me? Didn't he save me? My life, I don't think it you know, changed at all. That's Ephraim Stolfus. He's going to join us again in a moment to share how Christ rescued him from trying to earn his salvation. It's a revival story we all need to hear today. And speaking of revivals, for your fiscal year in support of Haven Ministries, I want to send the just-released Haven Quartet album called Revive Us Again. Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, just as I Yeah. 
just a few of the hints from the newly released Revive Us Again album that features 15 songs by the Haven Quartet. It's an album people have been asking for, and we're happy to share this collection of songs that have never been on a CD before. Hymns and songs of the faith that I believe will bring your soul great joy and peace as you worship your Savior with the Haven Quartet. You can hear samples from all 15 songs on the album when you visit us at haventoday.org. Why don't you go there right after this program, haventoday.org. Or you can also call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Either way, would you pray about how you can be a blessing to this program as we are behind in our year-end giving and could easily use your help right now. But as a thank you for your generosity and your tax-deductible gift, we'll send you Revive Us Again in the mail as a thank you for your support. And if you haven't received the Jesus Revolution DVD about the revival in the early 1970s in North America, we still have that available for your gift as well. And now let's open with the Haven Quartet. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground. Fails his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. sound. album, Revive Us Again, the Haven Quartet and Solid Rock. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today and a program called Is Jesus Still for Today? Now, before we turn to God's Word, I want us to hear the testimony of Ephraim Stolfus. He grew up in the Amish community in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And when I interviewed him at an event that we produced almost nine years ago, He shared with us how he was never sure of his salvation, even though he always went to church. 
But then he started reading his Bible, and the Lord gave him true faith in Christ. Take a listen. Be encouraged. My desire to know God, I remember, started when I was about eight years old, and I just wanted to know, will I go to heaven when I die? That was the burning question until I was 25. I did pray the prayer when I was maybe 12, asking God to save me. I wasn't sure, did he save me? Didn't he save me? My life, I don't think it you know, changed at all. And I went from that into you know, growing up 12, soon I'm 16, 17. I was a sinner. I tried hard to clean myself up many times. I'd come, I'd come home drunk at night and tell God that, you know, please don't let me die like this because I know I'll go to hell if I die drunk. And, you know, I, I promise God that if you'll uh, forgive me one more time, I'll, I'll never drink again. And that went on until I was about 19, and I decided to get baptized when I was 19. So I, when I was baptized, I, I asked my mom, I said, you know, when do I find this peace that you're supposed to have when you get baptized? And she told me that, well, maybe you'll get that peace when you're baptized. Mm. Maybe you won't get it till years later. And I waited for a little while, and I did not have peace in my heart. But I said, well, I guess if I don't get peace now, you know, I won't get it for who knows when. So I'm just going to believe that I have peace. And uh, that didn't work. I mean, I told God, please come back today because I'm ready to go now. My sins have just been washed away. And, uh, you know, if you don't come back today, I don't know how to get saved. And so life went on. I, you know, kept sinning and... And that was my life for six years, from 19 to 25. And I was sharing with my friend one morning, and he said, I met a man at breakfast, and he held up his Bible, and he said, this is the rule book for my life. What this book says, I do it. And I said, I want to meet that man, because he'll have answers for me. And uh, I did, and we started going to Bible study, which was against the church rules. We, we could have been, well, our friends were excommunicated for going to Bible study. But through that, I kept hearing that, that you're saved not by being a good person, but you're saved because Jesus took your place on Calvary, and it's by faith. And there was two different groups of Amish going to Bible studies, and there was two different teachers, and they were both teaching the same message, the message of faith, the message of grace, the message of forgiveness, and the new birth. So we alternated every week going to the different groups, and we'd hear the same message. And after about eight weeks of this, I sat at my kitchen table one morning, and I said, if what I'm hearing is true, that you're saved by faith, then I'm wrong, because I believe it's by Jesus dying on the cross, plus me being a good person, that's what saves me. So if I'm hearing correctly, then I'm wrong. And I dismissed it, and I said, you know, and then later I was reading a book about Christians in China, and how they're persecuted for their faith, and, and the love that they had for people who didn't know Jesus. And it brought me to the end of myself. I said, I do not have what these Christians do. And I I got on my knees, it was a Saturday night about 9.20, and I repented, I said, God, I said, I'm not a good person. See, I used to believe that God would let me come to heaven somehow, and I said, no, I deserve hell, but would you change me, would you make me like these Christians? And that's the first time in my life that I allowed myself to believe that I'm not good enough to get to heaven. I mean, I knew that I'm not good, but that's when God broke me. My sins were forgiven. I knew my sins were forgiven. Uh, The Amish usually say that you can't know if your sins are forgiven. Well, I knew that my sins were forgiven. And there was no turning back. That's my brother in Christ, Ephraim Stolfus, sharing how he found faith in Christ alone. If you'd like to hear more from him and see a video we shot at his home in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, check out our series page at haventoday.org.
You're listening to Haven Today. And all week we've been looking at various sermons written by the 1800s Scottish pastor Robert Murray McShane. He was known as a great evangelist. He traveled around Europe and the Middle East in order to spread the good news of Jesus. He was known also as a devoted pastor. He served a church in Dundee, Scotland. And many historians note that the Lord used McShane's prayers and preaching in order to bring a revival in his community. Sadly, McShane was also known for being taken from this world at a young age, 29. But in those 29 years, he was used mightily to lead people to faith in Christ and to encourage those already in the faith. And today, Christians around the world use his Bible reading in a year plan, which leads you through the Old Testament once and the New Testament and Psalms twice in a year. As we think about the question, is Jesus still for today? Robert Murray McShane helps us with a sermon called Christ Became Poor for Sinners. Now, this message was reflecting on the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Generally speaking, our culture has been mindful of the poor. Nonprofits have been started. Government agencies have been dispatched. And individuals have risen to help those who are poor. For example, you may know of places that offer free meals, job training, or affordable housing for those in need. Well, in this verse, we'll see how Jesus helps those who are poor, spiritually speaking. But that's not all. Paul uses the amazing message of the gospel to call Christians to help those who are poor materially as well. Sounds like Jesus is still relevant, wouldn't you say? Let's probe deeper into this verse. The Apostle Paul begins verse 9 with a reminder. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. As those who have been saved by Jesus, we know how Christ has been gracious to us. And yet we always need the reminder of the gospel. We never graduate from the essentials of our faith. We need to hear it again and again and even again. What is it that the Corinthians and we know about the grace of Jesus? Well, let's divide the remainder of the verse into three parts, beginning with Jesus was rich. When we think of the word rich, we typically think of someone with a lot of money. But the richness that Paul speaks of is much greater than just having money. Jesus was rich in the worship that he received from the angels. When God created the heavens and the earth, this included the invisible heavens and even angels. And what did the angels do? Well, if you go to passages like Isaiah 6 or Revelation 4, you'll read of angels singing a wonderful chorus. You know it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Jesus was also rich in the love of the Father. You might remember the Father's words that in Jesus he is well pleased. Jesus was also rich in power and glory. He is the eternal word to whom and for whom all things were created. Jesus was truly rich. He lacked nothing while he was in heaven, and yet he came down. The next thing we read in 2 Corinthians 8, 9 is that he became poor. And what did Paul mean by that? 
Paul wasn't saying that the Son of God was lacking in something, but rather the Son of God was rich in the love of the Father and rich in power and glory set aside for a moment. Why? Paul tells us it's for our sake. Another verse comes to mind which speaks to this. It's found in Philippians 2.7. Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. When God the Son became man, Jesus Christ, he set aside the glory that he had in heaven in order to be humble on earth. Now think about this for a moment. The king of the universe, in whom all things were made in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, became human, like you and me. The one in whom all wisdom is found was born in a stable. He was not born in a royal palace. He was not introduced to the world with the pomp and circumstance of a 21st century royal wedding. He humbled himself completely and even placed his life in the hands of his mother, Mary, as she nursed him. Jesus did that for you. Does this blow your mind like it does mine? Does this fill your heart with gratitude like it does for me? Well, it certainly should. But that's not all. His humility led him to die to die for our sins. And that's why he came. It was not because he felt like he was missing out on being human. It's because humanity was in deep, deep trouble, and he was the only way out of this terrible problem, the problem of sin. So we know that before he came to earth, Christ was rich, and he became poor in his humanity to the point of death for our sake. But what is the purpose of him doing this? Why would Christ humble himself to the point of death? Well, Paul tells us it's so that you through his poverty might become rich. Before Christ came into our lives, we were spiritually poor. We were dead in our sins. We were people in great need of a savior. But Jesus set aside the riches he enjoyed in heaven so that we would be rich. What does this mean for us? No, we're not going to be receiving worship, power, glory. That is for Christ alone. But Christ will make us rich in the love of God, with peace that surpasses all understanding. In Christ, God the Father becomes God our Father. Christ will also make us rich in holiness by sanctifying us through our lives. Christ will one day make us rich in eternity when we will behold his glory and enjoy fellowship with him forever and ever. What a kind and generous God we have, that he would make those who are spiritually poor spiritually rich in Christ. And that's exactly why Paul wrote these words, to stir up our hearts in love for the Lord. But that's not all. Paul wrote these words to stir up our hearts for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. You see, this verse is written in the context of giving. Christians in Jerusalem were in deep financial need, and Paul was asking them to contribute an offering for the sake of those in Jerusalem. In other words, Paul was using the gospel to encourage others to give to others. You can almost hear Paul say in this chapter, because God has been so generous to you, you need to be generous to others. That is the love of Christ. He cares not only for our souls, but for our bodies as well. Oh, 
Oh, give thanks to the Father, spring of life, Lord of love, the bountiful fount of all provision. Come rejoice in His goodness, count each blessing that comes from heaven to earth, now from earth to heaven. Oh, give thanks to God forever, for all He's done, for all He's given, for every grace. Bring every praise to the giver of all gifts, thanks. Oh, give thanks unto Jesus, sing of His saving love, the bread of life broken for redemption. How He carried the cross to make us daughters and sons, exalted now the King of our salvation. Oh, give thanks to God forever, for all He's done, for all He's given, for every grace, bring every grace to the giver of all. Album Almost Whole, two Matts, Matt Boswell, Matt Papa, and Oh Give Thanks here on this Haven Today. About a week from now is our fiscal year end. And for maybe you, in fact, I would assume most of us, that doesn't really mean a lot. But for ministries like Haven Today, it's the time of year when we close our books for the end of the financial year. And we really do try to be in the black and have all our financial ducks in order But this year, giving has been sluggish. I get it. Inflation is affecting all of us. So I wonder if you would pray with me that the Lord would encourage many to give a little or give a lot to help finish the year well. 
Our research tells us that half a million people are listening to this broadcast with you right now. And if every listener gave just a little, and some gave a little more, we would have enough to meet our budget. So, if we've been a blessing to you, would you pray right now about being a blessing to us? We offer all our programming for free, but it does cost us a lot of money to be on your local station and stations all over North America and stations around the world, like in the Philippines. And when you give generously today, I want to send you a special gift that you can only receive from us. It's the brand new Haven Quartet album called Revive Us Again. We went into our vault and we found 15 Haven Quartet hymns that have never been released on CD before. And I'd like to send you this new CD for your generous support to help us reach our fiscal year-end goal. I pray this new collection will inspire you to rejoice in your faith. You can hear samples from the entire album when you visit haventoday.org. Do it right now, haventoday.org. And once you listen, please make your gift and we'll send you the CD right away. Or call us and make your tax-deductible gift at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And remember... We still have the new feature film called Jesus Revolution on DVD. This movie about Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, and Greg and Kathy Laurie tells the story about the Jesus People revival of the 1970s. It'll be inspiring. It'll be a great way to share the gospel with others this summer. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday, again, we get to share together the great story That's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If we're honest, it can be tough to walk by faith and not by sight. The things that we see can be so heavy. King David could sympathize. As a young man, he faced a big foe, threatened to crush the people of Israel. If he walked by sight at that moment, he may have started fleeing in despair. But what did David do instead? Facing Goliath, David trusted in the Lord. We hear David say in 1 Samuel 17, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. There is much to be afraid of, but remember, the God of the armies of Israel will be your defender. Let us walk by faith with our great God. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.